Good morning. Um, so the first service, uh, you know, I made sure that I, I brought my tissue, and I brought it today, uh, the second service. I bring that because really what, these muscles that you see, I'm a big crybaby inside. Um, you know what I really hate? Chick flicks. I hate those. It's like, you know, my, my girls, I'm watching a, like a fight movie one time, and my girls are looking at me, and they're like, are you crying, Dad? And I'm like, no. You know, and I didn't always used to be that way. <clears throat> um, I got a hold of the scripture. Um, I, I'm not quite sure where it's at. And it says that uh, God will give you a new heart. That God will take your heart of stone and give you his heart of flesh. And I didn't like who I was. And I didn't like <clears throat> the things I was doing. And uh, I had re- a lot of time to reflect on those things because at the, at the time I was in prison. And I would read those words and I would read them back to God. <laughs> God, your word says that you'll take my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. I want that. I want that. <clears throat> and uh, God heard my cry. So God softened my heart, and when he did that, um, he made me a big crybaby. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had a big issue with that, because, you know, big tough guy, you know, muscles. <clears throat> I'd, I'd always cry. I cried, cried at this, cried at that. And I went uh, one time, and and somebody gave me a word, and they said, they said that the uh, <clears throat> the tears that you cry, Rory, are not yours. That God says that He calls you as Jeremiah, and that those are His tears. And I thought hmm, that's cool. And I learned later that Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. I had to look that up, and you know, so. I'm not really, you know, I'm okay with crying these days. I just need lots of toilet paper. (laughs) So, anyway, um, so my message, has anybody ever got a word? Anybody ever got a word that God said, said, Nick, you're going to go to nations. You're going to go to nations. You're going to go, you're going to pray, you're going to go to Africa. You're going to preach. You're going to go to prisons. You're going to, you know, whatever that word is. Um, I, I got a word, and it was in this church. It was called Church of the Nations back then, and, and I was sitting where you're sitting. And Dr. Holsey was teaching us that day. And he stopped preaching, and he said, Rory, God says he's going to make you a wealthy man. <laughs> At first off, people, I didn't have a dollar to my name. I didn't have anything. He says, God's going to make you a wealthy man. You're going to go places, brother, that I could never go. You're going to say, rent the building, feed the people. I want to talk to them. And I thought, hmm, you know, that, I'm not really a preacher. I really appreciate people that preach because that's what they do. I just want to talk to them. I just want to, I just want to tell them the story. You know, I... I I, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to stand up here and tell you 
the stuff that, that Jesus has done in my life. You know, he's, he's blessed me. He's changed my life. He's changed uh, the, the people around me, their life. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, God, let's get it done. Ready? One, two, three. You know, I was ready. It's like, change me. Let's, let's do this. You want me to go places and you want me to speak? Let's do it. And, you know, you get a word and it doesn't happen right away. You know, we live in a, a fast food society. You know, I want it, and I want it my way. There's a book, it's called King Baby, and I might resemble that book, King Baby. I want what I want, and I want it now. And that's what our society, that's what we want. We want it, and we want it now. And, um, you know, I get, you get discouraged, and the, 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 the world starts pulling you back, you know. So, you know, I, I, I talk to God, I'm like, God, what is it? You know, I, you said this was going to happen. You said, you know, I, look, I went out and made the cards, Rory the prophet. You know, I, I mean, how many of us have ever put the, the cart before the horse? It doesn't really work that well. Um, so here's what God told me. He said, Rory, if I gave you everything right now. And you know what comes with that is power. Our words have power. Things that we do. God, God gives us power. He says, if I gave you that today, I'd have to turn my back on you and I'd love you too much. He said, do you remember Saul? And I just read a book called A Tale of Two Kings. And it told about Saul. And if you remember Saul and the story about Saul, in Samuel, um, Israel wanted a king because everybody else had one. And so they picked this guy. Saul was big. He, he looked like a king. And so they picked him. They said, you're our king. Saul didn't have to work for anything. Saul just, they said, here, go here, walk there and do this, and presto, you're the king. Well, in the process, Saul wasn't vetted properly. And what happened is he didn't listen to God. He didn't believe God. He, he, he turned to his own ways. And if you remember the story, he had to turn his back on him. God told me, I love you too much to do that to you. He loves you that way too. He loves you that way too. So, he said, now consider my, my servant David. And if you remember David, he was a little kid. Some said he may have been 15, 10, 13. Um, so Samuel anointed him. And uh, if you remember the story, David was prosecuted, he was chased, lived in caves. Um, the things he ate probably wasn't something that we want to eat, you know. Um, he, 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 he lived a tough life. He learned, he learned to rely on God. He learned that, 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 you know, the grace and the mercy of God. Look, the 51st Psalm 
is one of my favorite psalms ever. ever. It, even through everything that, that David had done, um, this was a time when, if you remember, we didn't have the, they didn't have the Holy Spirit then. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to ascend to heaven, and he said that I will send a helper. So this was a time that they didn't really understand it, but David, King David, David understood the Holy Spirit. And in the 51st Psalm, he wrote, he read, he, he wrote that, and it says, and, and do, do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. You know, he, he knew that, 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 that God was his answer and, and that, that he would direct his path. So, anyway, <clears throat> um, I remember sitting, sitting in a jail cell, in a prison cell, thinking about all the stuff and all the promises that God had given me. And, and it just, it wasn't, it wasn't really working out. Look, I heard things like, you'll never amount to anything. You can never be any help to God. The things that you've done, you'll, you can never be any good for God. And what's worse is, is that I started believing, I started listening to those words, and I started, started agreeing with them. You're right. You're right. So the, the, the message is, is the wilderness, the desert, the wilderness experience. I don't know how many people have been there. We probably have all been there. See, I think that uh, I was in, uh, I went to rehab one time, and, and uh, this, this little gal, she came, and there was 26 of us. And it was, it was uh, volunteer day. She was a volunteer, of all things. And she had these tapes. And she said, I just want you to sit, close your eyes, and listen to this tape. Well, it was a song about Jesus. And, you know, it's, he's the same now as then. Hasn't he always come through? You know, Jesus. Halfway through the song, I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> Go figure, right? So I, I open my eyes, I, I, and I look around, and everybody's looking at me. And I thought, hmm. I, and I said, they don't get it, God. They don't get it. And I excused myself, went into my room, and got down on my knees. And I said, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be that person anymore. You know, I was, I was a drug addict. But, but really, I was a drug addict because I wasn't that nice of a person. I wasn't that good of a person. Uh, I had a hard heart. So the wilderness experience. Anybody ever ever thought about the children of Israel? You know, read the story. Supernaturally set free. Supernaturally, like like uh, delivered out of Egypt. Supernaturally, they were in bondage in, in that country. They were prisoners. Of the enemy, Egypt is is like a like the enemy, the you know uh, the world, um, and the Pharaoh is a, a type of the enemy, you know the other guy. But but <clears throat> supernaturally they saw plagues, blood, the death of the firstborn. Have you ever looked at that and thought, Lord, I mean we don't see that. I mean, these people just supernatural. They saw it all. So, so they, um, you know, finally Pharaoh says, man, you can leave. <laughs> you, 
You, you, can, you can go. God supernaturally delivered them from Egypt. And it says that they took the wealth, all the wealth of Egypt with them. I don't know what that means, but, but there's probably a message in that. All the wealth. They took the wealth of Egypt with them. I don't know what, 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 uh, what that would mean in our lives, but I'll bet there's a message there. I'm going to have to research that. <clears throat> um, so, so here they are. Parts of the Red Sea. They pass into the desert. A trip that would have taken them three days, I've heard from three days to ten days. So... You pick three to ten, that's, that's just a few days, week, week and a half. That's what the journey would have been to the promised land. And they watched God do all these miracles. And then they start to grumble. You led us to this wilderness to kill us. At least we had food in Egypt. At least we had water in Egypt. So here I am, rehab, just turned my life over to God, got down on my knees, said, I'm, I'm tired of Egypt, God. I don't want to be a slave anymore. It, and I believe that day that I was supernaturally, supernaturally delivered out of Egypt. And I walked out of that room, and I was... Everything was great, right? I'm not gonna. Nobody's gonna mess with me anymore. Got God on my side, you know. Not gonna have to worry about these drugs anymore. Everybody's gonna act the way that I want them to act. <laughs> if I don't remember anything about the big, I remembered this. The big book of AA says this: that I am the director and the world's a stage. And if they would all just listen to me, everything would be fine. Well, I can tell you, they didn't really act the way that I wanted them to act. And um, so if you know the story, how the story goes, um, it took them two years before they sent spies out. So for two years, they traveled that desert. The journey that it would have taken... Let's say 10 days, would have taken 10 days. At the end of two years, they sent, they sent spies out. So two years of grumbling. They even grumbled when God came to talk to them. I mean, can you imagine that? They, they grumbled. How many of us grumble and do the same thing? We look at that and say, I would never do that, God. Are you kidding me? That's just what we do. It's like we read something. Or somebody gives us a word we don't like. <laughs> That's not for me. That's for somebody else. They're talking to you. They're not talking to me. So, how many times... Here, I can tell you this. You know how many times that I heard this in my life? One more time around the mountain, Rory. One more time around the mountain, Rory. That's what, that's what the children of Israel heard. One more time around the mountain. So <clears throat> there's, there's giants in the land. Definitely giants in the land. Unbelief. Unbelief. Um, grumbling. There was giants in my land. Definitely giants in my land. So 
from the day that I got down on my knees, I went back into the back back into the wilderness over and over again. Forty. The number forty. It's in the Bible. I think it's in the Bible 136 times. Forty. Forty nights, forty days, forty years. Forty. It means trial or probation period. That's what it means. It's also the number for a generation. So they sent scouts out to the to to to, to the promised land. The pro, that was filled with milk and honey. I believe that we can live in that promised land today. It's look from the time I got down on my knees that day, it was just a little trip. But I dragged that thing out for 20 years. 20 years I dragged that thing out. It, maybe it was longer than that. <clears throat> How long did the, the children of Israel drag it out? Here they sent spies into the land and, and, and they sent 10 spies. Two of them came back with a positive. Eight of them never saw the promised land again. So I think that the, the, that condition between the, us and the promised land, between us going, is, depends, it's, it depends on, on you. depends on the condition of our heart. Look, it, it, it even says that I led you all these years. In Deuteronomy 8, it says, I, the Lord, led you in the wilderness all these years to humble you, to, to, to humble you, um, anyway, to see what was in your heart. And so my question is, what's in your heart? And what keeps you, what keeps me from entering that promised land today? There's a lot of people, I think, that, that fall short of that. Oh, they're still children. We still belong. But we're circling that mountain. You know, we're circling that mountain. We just haven't entered that promised land. <clears throat> Sitting in that prison cell, listening to those words, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything anymore. And, and, and believe in those words. I think somebody was feeding them. Who, who, do you think was, who do you think kept telling them that they couldn't, that there were giants in the land? I don't think it was God. Look, I never heard you can't from God. I never read that in the Bible. Never read it. You know what I did read? I can. I can do all things through Christ. You know. Um, so, here, here's, a, here's a big question. That day that I got on my knees in rehab, you know what I heard immediately after that? You're not really saved. You're not really saved. You think that's maybe what the children of Israel heard? You're not really free. He led you out here to kill you. That's what the enemy does. He starts, look, it says that he's the father of all lies and there's no truth in him. So when he started telling me that, look, I was so new, I believed him. You're right. I remember I wanted the the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody knows what the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to speak in tongues. I wanted that. Every time that I go to the altar, here's what I heard. 
That's gibberish. You're just imitating somebody else. That's not really God. You know how long those words kept me from the promise? Kept me from going into the promised land and speaking in tongues? You know how long those words and me agreeing with those? Finally, one day, I, I just said, I don't care. Started speaking the words anyway. I didn't care. I was done. And, and <clears throat> so, sitting in prison, hearing you'll never be of, of help to God anymore. You've seen too much dirt. I sat there and I, I thought, remember Rory back when you got on your knees and the enemy came and said, you're not really saved? I think this might be the enemy talking to you. And I thought, you know what? I picked up my Bible and I slammed it down on the desk. And I said, I'm, I'm tired. This is it. I said, I, I am through listening to the words inside my head. I'm done. If I have to, this is the Bible. And if I have to believe in one word, I have to believe in it all. And I said, this day, God, this day, I choose to believe in you. I, I believe that you are who you are, and you are who you said you are, and you'll do what you said that you'll do. And i got to tell you that that was that day. <clears throat> I think I was set free inside. I didn't listen to those words anymore. Look, if they'd have listened to Caleb, Caleb and... and, and and yeah, <laughs> if they'd listened to those two warriors say that it was it was good that 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 that, that God had delivered them and God would 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 take the land, they they could have shortened that trip by thirty eight years. Can you imagine thirty eight years, but they didn't. It said that in the Bible that every man over twenty years old would pass away before they would enter the. The, the, the promised land. Imagine a whole generation died out because of unbelief. Unbelief. For 38 years, can you imagine them murmuring in the desert for 38 years? I can't imagine that. So, today I stand before you a, a different man. And I learned... God's Word, and I learned to speak God's Word back to God. I think that that's a really important part. God put those words in there, not, not as a big story, but as an example. Look, when I started praying for a new heart, I got one. So what maybe do you need to start praying for and praying God's words back to God? So, anyway, people, I think that there's a whole life out there. There's a whole... There's a promised land. There's a promised land that we're not really entering today, and I think that there's more. Look, Dr. Michael Brown was a, uh, he's wrote a few books. He's a professor. Um, he was an Orthodox Jew, and he went to school, college. Well, he got into drugs, and he started using drugs. And what he would do is trip into the spiritual realm. And he, he spoke about that on one of his tapes that I listened to. And he said, that was what I like to do, is do drugs and trip in the spiritual realm. And I think, I think that, that that's pretty basically what drugs are. It's, it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's, that's what you're doing. 
You're trying to fill the void that you have inside you. That's what you're trying to do, and you're filling it with drugs, and you're looking for for something, a feeling, God. Um, so anyway, Michael Brown turned his life over to God. He found Jesus. That's who he found, not just God. So he became a Christian, and he was a professor in Brownsville, the uh, the Brownsville revival, 15, 18 years ago. And I had opportunities to go and see them. And uh, <clears throat> I remember, so he, he made such an impact on my life. Here's what he said. He said, since I turned my life over, God, I don't hear from you anymore. I don't see into the spiritual realm like I used to. What's the problem? And he said, and God spoke to me and said this, Michael, if you would seek me like you seek the drugs, I could show you so much more. I'm going to tell you that drugs, the use, the the trying to get them, the getting them, the, it's a 24-7 job. It's a 20, look, it's, that's all you do. I was a drug addict for 17 years. That's what we do. It's it's a 24/7 job. Let's think about what we could accomplish if we could get that. If we could get to the point where we were sold out to God 24/7. I, I think that there's more, folks. I think that there's more for you, and I think that there's more for me. Um, I remember. I used to hear from God on a daily basis. I was, I, I, so, and I, I went to Pastor Aaron and I said, Pastor, I don't, I don't really think that I'm like hearing from God like I used to. What, what's, is it me? What's the problem? And he said, Rory, here's, here's where you used to be in your drug addiction. And here's where you wanted to be. And you were pressing in. And, and today, here I am in the middle somewhere, and, I, and I'm comfortable. But I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I want to hear from God. I want to press in. You know, there's more. There's more. So, anyway, I just want to invite the church to press in, press in with me. There's more. We think that we're in the promised land, but there's more, people. There's more. You know, I, I, live, I live pretty good today. God delivered me from, from the drugs, changed my heart. My wife had divorced me. You guys, a lot of you know that. Um, I, I didn't talk to her for eight years. I used to walk around saying stuff like, God's going to restore my marriage someday. I was in prison walking the yard. Talking to friends. God's going to restore my marriage someday. And so my buddies would be, so does she write you? Does she send you money? Do you guys talk on the phone? <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. I haven't talked to her in eight years. I'd be like, whatever. I'm in prison. You know, these guys are like. <clears throat> so we've been remarried now for seven years. Been back together for almost ten And she'll tell you that I am not the person 
that I used to be. But there's more. So, I want to invite you to come to the altar to get prayed for. I need prayed for too. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I don't know. Maybe nobody. Maybe everybody. Maybe one person. I remember God God told me one time, you know, He said, you're going to go, you're going to speak to crowds, right? You're going to say, feed the people. I want to speak to them. And I was like, let's go, God. God told me, would you do it for one person? Would you do it for one? One. Would you do it for one? And of course, the crybaby in me said, God, I, I would. See, when I, when I start turning around thinking about the cross and all that Jesus did for me on the cross, you know, thank God that's not the end of the story. It's the beginning. Um, you know, it, 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 it uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but sorry about that. <laughs> but there's, there's more, and I want to press in. And so I just invite my church to come up. Let's pray.